So what about you? We're in part two of our series. What do you wonder? Um, wonder, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. It uh, will lead us all, down all kinds of different paths. Sometimes the wonder that we wonder about leads some of us to fear. Uh, it leads some of us to anxiety because we, we wonder and we think and we a- analyze. And what's so interesting as a Jesus follower, um, I, I believe there was a creator who created us intentionally with the ability to wonder. You might be in-house or maybe you're watching online and, and you're not a Bible person, don't really necessarily believe in God or, you know, maybe there's a higher power but you're not really sure and, and if, and if he, there is such a thing, uh, probably not, in, you know, a personal God, and, uh, but you wouldn't believe in creation. And, uh, and, and yet I would imagine even you would have to wonder, how could stardust and energy create someone so personal with the ability to wonder. That's just amazing. See, and, and no matter how you get there, it's, it's just interesting that we have the ability to wonder, and sometimes that wonder leads to fear, and sometimes it leads to anxiety. Sometimes it leads to courage. Sometimes it leads to discovery, right? I mean, I, I look at the moon, and it's round, and I, I, I look at the sun, and, it, and it's round, I wonder if whatever it is we're standing on could be round. See, it, it leads to discovery. It, it, it leads to all kinds of things. It's, it's amazing the things that we've been able to, to, to discover because we wonder about stuff, right? I mean, so my roommate in college is in Thailand, and and I still wonder how this is even possible. I hold up this piece of plastic, and if I do the right thing, he's on my screen, and I could talk to him. And all I'm talking to is a piece of plastic. And, and he's on the other side of the world, and, and he's talking into his piece of plastic, and I'm talking into my piece of plastic, and we see each other and hear one another. I wonder how that happens. See, people wonder, and it leads to all kinds of really cool discoveries of seeing how God's made things to work and the laws of nature and leveraging those so that we could talk to friends on the other side of the, of the, of the world. It's, it's amazing. So what do you wonder? What are, what are some of the things you wonder? And last week we, we said we wonder because our frame of reference doesn't provide us with all of the answers, right? I mean, we look at the different frames of reference. We, we look through a lens that helps us make sense out of life. And you may have gotten that lens to look through as you were growing up, and you certainly, your parents certainly had a lens that they wanted you to look through and, and to see and and, uh, and you may have adopted that as an adult. Some of you are still growing and you're trying to figure out what lens it is that you're going to look through. And some of you adapted it. Some of you abandoned it altogether and are looking through something different. But all of us have a frame of reference. All of us have a lens that we look through life to try and make sense out of life. And we, we wonder if, if the frame that we're looking through is the right lens. I mean, is it the right one? It, because at the end of the day, some of the lenses we, we look through, it's, we don't see it all clearly. We don't have all of our questions answered. 
And we, and we wonder about God and we, we look through our different lens and then look at God through that lens and wonder if there even is one or come to a conclusion there isn't one. But even if there is one, is there a God? And if there is a God, can he be known? And if he can be known, what's he like? And does he like me? What is God like? See, some of you, uh, and I, I would want to address those of you who, you know, maybe you're Jesus followers, maybe you're, you're not sure if you're really a Jesus follower necessarily, you would say, I, I, that's very specific, Eric, I'm not sure I would, I would go that far, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm a little bit religious, or I go to church, when, when I say, you know what, are you a Christian, some people, I, I've, I've stopped asking that question, uh, are you a Christian, because um, the answer I always get is, is, well, I go to church from time to time. Okay, so that, that's why I've gotten way more specific of, you know, are you a Jesus follower? Um, and, and you're just like, eh, I don't know if I'd go, go that far. But some of you, you might be a Jesus follower, but, but you're reaching for the door. You're, you're reaching for the door and you're, you're wondering uh, about leaving. You're, you're not sure you can stay in. And you haven't told your spouse this yet. You're wondering how to tell your children this. But you're thinking about exiting. You're thinking about leaving. Some of you, you, you maybe have a, you would say you have a religious background and, uh, and, and you abandoned it. You abandoned it maybe in high school. You abandoned it in college. Um, but it, it's been gone. And, and maybe you're investigating and thinking and searching and not sure where you're, where you're at. And some of you, Maybe the lens that you grew up in was so anti-religion, you have never considered it at all. You've never gotten close to it. And so you're in-house because you got drugged here by someone who was cute, or you got drugged here, you were going by, hey, there's a lot of cars in the parking lot, it must be a party, I'll stop. Um, you're not sure what, you know, or maybe you just clicked and, you, you know, it was on YouTube, and so you clicked and, and you're watching, but you're not sure why. But no matter where you're at, if, if those of you that, that uh, you, you went to church when you were growing up, you got a Sunday school faith, right? And for some of you, I would imagine as an adult, that's still the faith that you have. You have a Sunday school version of faith, and you are one experience away or one circumstance away to where you're, you're out, because your Sunday school faith isn't, you know, it, it doesn't work in an adult world, does it? It doesn't work very well in an adult world. I mean, you know, religion for kids, it works all the time for children. Religion's great for children, but as an adult, I mean, you know, we, we put our childhood Sunday school faith away. And some of you, you grew up, you know, in this, in this frame of reference, in this lens, and, and maybe you would say it was religious, and you're not even sure exactly what that means for sure, or you know, we went to church from time to time, or we went to church a lot, or I, I would say, yeah, I was, I'm committed, I'm in, I'm very, very religious, and, and yet some of you are just like, you know what, even the religious people can't figure out, you know, clarity around what it is that they believe. I mean, you look at the different slices of this pane and, and the uh, stained glasses and all of these different shapes and sizes are all the different shapes and sizes of even the different flavors of the Christian faith, right? 
I mean, which denomination is it, and, and which flavor is it, and which one is right, which one does, and they all stand in the corner and say, they're the ones who are right, so, you know, they have their own version of how they do things, and, you know, is it stand up, sit down, recite this, recite that, is it, you know, we come and we sing Jingle Bells as, a, as an opener, what, I mean, which, which flavor is it, I mean, we don't know which flavor it is, which one's the right one? And some of you, you might have grown up in a, in a very legalistic version where it was more about the rules than it was about relationship. And for your siblings, that worked really well, right? Because they were good at following the rules, and so, I mean, they just loved that. But for you, yeah, just, rules without relationship led you to rebellion. It made you, so you, this, 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 you, you took this and like, that's not going to be my frame. Right, I'm going to set that aside. Or maybe you were hurt by a church or you were hurt by someone who went to a church or you were hurt by someone who said they were a Christian and you're just like, that, that's not for me. And maybe you grew up in this way and, and, uh, and, and that rebellion, it led to some of this, didn't it? You wandered. You've messed up. All of you. And me. We, we've messed up, haven't we? We, we haven't gotten it all right. In fact, we have done some things that we don't want anyone else to know about, right? You've done some things that, yeah, maybe it was that one night, maybe it was that weekend, maybe it was that spring break, maybe it was a season of life. Maybe you're still in the season of life where you're just like, you know, I'm just basically kind of ignoring my entire family and, and keeping them at a distance and, and, uh, and, and because I'm in a season where, you know what, I'm just kind of doing my own thing, but it's, 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 it's messy. And maybe you're on the other side of that season, and you look back at that season, and I mean, there's so many regrets. And, and there's some things that have made life complicated for you. It's messy. There's some baggage that you're carrying because of this lens right here. For some of you, you got to college and, and your Sunday school faith, and maybe even you grew up and you had a little bit of faith, but it wasn't very savvy, and, and that first professor in your first class, I mean, they dismantled your faith in week one and told you how much of a fool you are for believing such a stupid myth that the New Testament writers, the gospel writers, that they, they wrote the gospels hundreds of years after the events of Jesus. And so it's just folk, folklore. It's, it's what they wanted to have happen, but it didn't actually happen. And so you just walked away. And plus, it was kind of, this was kind of inconvenient because you wanted to have some fun, and you went and had some fun, and now you have some of this. And it led to some of this, right? This is insecurity. Some of you, you, you live with such a deep-seated insecurity. It keeps you locked in and keeps everyone else out. It keeps you from living life. It keeps you from having fun. It, it, it keeps you from being open and free. It, it just kind of locks you down and for some of you, maybe it's your appearance. Maybe you look in the mirror and, and no one else even sees it, but you see it and 
You just can't get past it, and it just, it just locks you down, and it's the frame in which you see life through. For some of you, it's this lens. Because she didn't want to be married to you anymore. He didn't want to be married to you anymore. She had, a, had an affair. He had an affair. Your parents split up. That job that you were so loyal to for so many years, they didn't even, not only did they not give you a Christmas bonus, they, they gave you the pink slip and said, we don't, we don't need you here anymore. And you are so angry. For some of you, it's, it's the news that it's, it's terminal. That, that, that this is a health issue that it's going to send you sideways for the rest of your life. It's going to be something you're going to deal with for the rest of your life. And, and you didn't see it coming and you didn't plan for life to happen this way. And, and yet, it, here we are. And every single one of us, we have a plan of kind of how we see our life going. And, and when our life doesn't go that way, and we look through this lens and we try to figure God out and we, we just can't figure it out. It's like, how could a good God let these things happen to me and to others? Can God be known? And, and if he can be known, and so what's he like? And we look through these lenses to try and figure God out. And for some, they've come to the conclusion that he's good. For others, they're like, you are so naive. I mean, just reason tells me there's no God. But these are the lenses that we try to make sense out of life. And we try to view God and try to figure him out. And it's so confusing. It's so interesting because, you know, in the uh, first century, uh, they were trying to figure God out as well. And their view of God was so off. I mean, they thought, in their mind, they thought that, that if you were rich, if you had a lot of wealth, and if you were healthy, then you had done some things that God really liked, and so he blessed you. And he was like, good for you, let's give, let's give them all kinds of wealth, and uh, make life really good for them. And, and if, you know, there was some, something that, that you were dis, disabled physically, or if, you know, you had, if you were poor in society, and, uh, and, and things didn't go, or your health went, went sideways, that's because you did something bad, and God was punishing you. See, that's how they viewed God. And, and so, God allowed Christmas to come to bring someone to our side of the frame so that we would have the reference in order to see everything else. And so, it's so interesting. Um, Jesus is getting ready to talk to his, his disciples and, and, uh, and they're going to go and celebrate Passover and he's telling them, hey, we're going to go to, you know, celebrate Passover. Let's go to Jerusalem. His guys were like, no, 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 no. 
let's not go to Jerusalem. Let's, let's like do it in Nazareth. Let's go do it up in Galilee somewhere. Because every time we go down there, man, it gets really hot. And in uh, one of these times, they're going to kill you. They're going to kill us. It's not going to be good. And he's like, no, we're, we're, we're going to Jerusalem. And, uh, and by the way, I'm going to be leaving. What? You're going to be leaving. Yeah, I'm going to be leaving. So here's what Jesus wants to do. He is going to confuse his disciples because here's the thing. In order for us to change the frame of reference that we've kind of adopted and the lens that we see life through, that we make sense of life through, it is so hard to change that frame, isn't it? Once you're locked and loaded with a frame of reference, it's, it's so hard to change the way we see things. It's so hard to, to, to change that. And so Jesus wants to bring clarity to these disciples so that they could in turn bring clarity to others. But it was so hard for them to wrap their minds. So he is going to take them in his most brilliant way and the only way that Jesus could. He's going to take them on a journey that's really confusing to them. And then he's going to bring absolute clarity. So I'm going to take you on that journey that's going to be a little confusing But then at the end of it, we're going to bring really great clarity. So here we go in John chapter 13 and verse 36. He just tells his guys he's going to be leaving. They don't like that very much. So Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Seemed like a logical question. Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. To which I would imagine Peter's like, that's not what I asked. But that is what I meant. Jesus, how do you do that? Every single time you know what we mean, but you never really answer the question straight on. Usually you ask a question back. He goes on. So Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? Thinking, maybe he doesn't think I'm all in. Maybe he thinks, you know, he doesn't know how dedicated I am. So he tells him, hey, I will lay my life down for you. That's how all in I am, Jesus. I'll lay my life down. Besides, we're going to Jerusalem. I'm probably going to have to lay my life down anyway. So here we go. And Jesus, he's like, he answered him, will you really lay down your life for me? Knowing what Peter was going to do. To which I'm sure Peter was like, oh man, Jesus, that's like a knife in the back, right? I mean, you know, you, you know I'm dedicated to you. And I would imagine he placed his, I don't, I don't think Jesus was mad at, at, at Simon Peter at all. I, I think he kind of smiled and put his hand on Peter's shoulder and said, Peter, very truly I tell you, before the rooster crows or before morning really gets going, you will disown me three times. To which I would imagine Peter at this point, he's kind of like, what? So you're telling me that you're leaving. I'm asking you if I can go with you wherever, wherever it is you're going, and you're telling me, no, I can't go, but you're gonna, I can come later? And then I'm telling you, hey, I'm worthy of coming because I'm going to lay my life, and then you're telling me, no, you're not going to lay your life. In fact, you're going to disown me. I mean, that's kind of rude, That's kind of like, what? 
And then he goes on, don't let your hearts be troubled. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a little hard, Jesus, because you just told us you're leaving and you're the only reason we're here. And we can't go to wherever it is you're going. We have no idea where you're going, but we can't go. And you're telling us not to be troubled. I'm just telling you, I'm a little troubled, right? Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, don't you? Well, yes, we believe in God. That's why we're here. We want you, get this, we want you to explain what God is like because the frames of references, the lenses that we are looking through is so confusing to know exactly what God is like and what he's not like. We want you to bring clarity to tell us about God. So yeah, we believe in God. Okay, well, you believe in God. Believe also in me. Whoa, 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 whoa. See, the disciples should have stood up at this moment and just walked out the door. Jesus, um, <clears throat> we wanted you to tell us about God. You're asking us to believe in, put our faith in, put our weight in you the same way that we believe in God. Do you have any idea how blasphemous that is? <laughs> Jesus goes on and confuses them even more. My father's house has many rooms. Okay, time out. I thought we were talking about you leaving. What does your father's house and rooms have anything to do with that? We're going to get there. We're going to get there. I, I want to change your frame of reference, but i got to take you on a journey for you to, to help you understand and for generations beyond you to understand and to bring clarity. Because your heavenly Father wants you to see what he's like. My Father's house, and, and when, they, when Jesus referred to Father, they knew that he was talking about God. And so, they were like, my, my father's house. So God's house has many rooms. In their Jewish mind, they would have thought, okay, it's the temple. God's house is the temple. And uh, it's so interesting, growing up in, in my Baptist roots, it was don't run in God's house, right? Um, I, I was told that a lot because I was one of these that um, kind of tested the rules a little bit. And so I was told not to run in God's house a lot. And, uh, and, and it was kind of interesting. There was a, a church that I was a part of that uh, we needed more room. Um, and so we were, ta we were thinking about taking the pews out and then putting an Iwana circle um, in there. But we couldn't because it was God's house and you don't run in God's house, right? See, confusion around what is Jesus really like? So in their minds, they're probably thinking, okay, the temple has, so are, are you leaving to go to the temple? Because we could go to the temple with you. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? You're going, what? You're going to the temple to prepare? We are so confused. What? He goes on. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. And now they're thinking, okay, it's not the temple. You're like leaving. You're like leaving this earth. Like you're, 
You're leaving all together, and then you're going to be gone for a while, and what are we supposed to do while you're gone? We have no idea what God is like, and you're confusing us. But you're going to come back. We're not even sure we want to go. We don't even know where you're going. Well, you know the way to the place where I'm going. (laughs) No, we don't. We have no idea what you're talking about. We're confused. And Jesus, the brilliant teacher, is taking them on a journey to, to get them to change their frame of reference. So Thomas said to him, Lord, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And in this next verse, it's become a famous verse in, in Christian circles, and unfortunately in many Christian circles, it has become a verse to exclude people, to stiff-arm people, to, to make it difficult for people, and, and, and they kind of rip it out of this context that we've just been talking about to kind of stiff-arm people, and I'm just telling you what, for Jesus, it wasn't, it wasn't narrow, it wasn't excluding at all. Jesus wants every single person to know the way. This is the verse that Jesus brings along to bring unbelievable clarity as to what God is like. You want to know the way, you want to have clarity to know the way. Jesus says, hey, I am the way. You're looking, Jesus would say, at the way. You want to know how to get to God? I am the way, Jesus would say. It comes through me. Well, what about truth? Jesus would say, I am the truth. You are face to face with more truth than you will ever be able to comprehend in this lifetime. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. If you want to know the way, if you want to experience truth, if you want to have truth around all of these other frames, if you will look through me as the reference, I will bring truth to all of these other things. Do you want to know which flavor of religion you should go to, you want to know what church you should go to, what do they believe about Jesus? That will bring unbelievable clarity to you as to whether you should be a part of that church or not. This, some of you think you have messed up so bad that you could never, ever go to heaven. You're thinking, if there is a hell, I'm going there. And you don't think you could ever be made right with God again. You think, you know what, God could never, ever love you. And the truth is, Jesus came to this side of the frame of reference, not only so that we would know what God is like, but to pay the price for our sin. And he hung on a cross, dying for you and dying for me, We had a sin debt that we couldn't pay. And Jesus paid it for you and he paid it for me. And he looks in your eyes and he looks in my eyes and he says, Eric, Eric, you don't owe me anymore. You're free. Your sin debt has been paid, canceled. You are debt free. You don't owe me 
anymore. That's the truth about all of this mess that we have done. And then he looks at this part of us and says, hey, I want you to see you the way I see you. I've created you. I've created you with a purpose. I've created you with an unbelievable personality and a temperament. I've created you with a plan. I've created you with unbelievable value. I was willing to hang on a cross. That's how much I think about you. So I don't want you to turn around and beat yourself up when I am not beating you up. Perfect love casts out fear. The truth, when you apply it to the insecurities that we have in life, (laughs) this whole area, we live under this umbrella of sin, and life happens, it doesn't matter how good you are or how much you have messed up in life, you know what, bad things happen to all people. Because we live under the umbrella of sin and Jesus just says, hey, you just need to, the truth is, you're going to experience trouble in this life. And, and if you came into a version of this that made you believe that if you, you did this and this and this and this, all the stars would line up and it would always be up and to the right and your life would go just exactly the way you've planned it, that's not Jesus and that's not the truth. The worst possible thing has happened to the best possible person. So he would say, I I don't know where you got that. See, I am the way. I am the truth. If you want to experience life, can you imagine experiencing life with no fear, no anxiety, no insecurities, with your sin debt forgiven, with with clarity as to what God is like because if God is like Jesus, we know what Jesus is like so we know what God is like. And he would say, you don't have to set aside your brain to believe in. You don't have to set aside reason. I wouldn't even, he would say, I don't want even want you to do that. I want you to use your brain. I want you to look at evidence. See, he informs every other area of our life. He goes on, if you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Now they're getting a little confused again. You're like, what do you mean? So it's getting kind of heavy, so let me give you a sidebar just a second. I want to talk to you for a minute about textual criticism, okay? Textual criticism is uh, the process by which you, you, we determine whether an ancient document is reliable, whether, whether um, you, can, you can take it for its word, whether it's true, whether it was, um, you know, you can, you can, uh, whether it was authentic. And, uh, and so there's quite a few criterion, but one of them is the criterion of embarrassment. And uh, the criterion of embarrassment says, look, um, <clears throat> So like the disciples, they, they were considered saints, you know, uh, after the fact. And people, in, even today, what, we hold these guys, I mean, they're St. Peter, St. Matthew, St. Luke. I mean, there's all these saints, right? And, uh, and we hold them in high regard. And so if the, if the Gospels, if Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were written hundreds of years after the fact, 
then why would the writers who view these people as as very knowledgeable, as unbelievable individuals, as incredible saints, why would they write them into the story as blubbering idiots who don't have a clue? Answer, they wouldn't. The criterion of embarrassment assures you and assures me that it was actually the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, who were actually writing, and they write themselves, the disciples write themselves into the story as blubbering idiots who really didn't have a clue what in the world was going on. It wasn't until after the resurrection that all of a sudden they had clarity, unbelievable clarity. I mean, they, you, you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and you're going to see They didn't have any idea what was going on. It was mass confusion until the resurrection. And when the resurrection happened, they had unbelievable clarity as to who Jesus was. And they fixed their eyes on him. And they changed the world. All right, back to the message. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we... That'll that'll be enough for us. Show us what God is like and and, and we'll be good. We'll be good because it's really confusing and we're not really sure. We want you to show us what God is like. (laughs) And Jesus answers, don't you know me? Philip, after I've been with you for so long, after I've been among you for, for so long, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You want to know what God is like? What, what, what Jesus is saying is your heavenly Father wants you to see. He wants you to have clarity. That's why Christmas happened. That's why he sent me so you would know what God is like. When you see me, you see what God is like. And I don't know if you've investigated Jesus or not, but He's pretty good. So he says, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And this next statement is so unbelievable. Or at least believe on the, what's this word? You You mean he doesn't want us to just set aside our mind? Ah. He doesn't want you to, he doesn't want you to just have faith in faith. Believe on the evidence of the works themselves. You've seen them, he said, with your very own eyes. If, I, he's like, I realize it's hard for, me, for you to believe in like you believe in God, but if you can't do that, if you can't go that far, if that's too long of a step or too far of a stretch, then, then believe because of the works, the evidence. See, Jesus' point is if you look past me, if, if you look past and you try to make sense of God or, or just try to make sense of life looking through your lens, you're never going to have clarity. If you look past, if you stop short, if you grew up in a, in a home, it was like, you know, if, if the word religion came up, it's like, mm-mm-mm, church, uh-uh, no, no way. And you kept everything God and religion at, at, at arm's length and you weren't even going to look at the evidence. You weren't even going to look at Jesus. You stopped short. If you look past, if you stop short, or you take your eyes off, you may miss 
But Father, you, you may miss what God is actually really like. So my question for you is, what was the faith you lost or maybe you never even started? You had faith in, in this lens, whatever lens you're looking through, you got faith in that. Well, what was the faith you lost or never started fixed on or fastened to? Was it your coworker that said they were Christian, but they didn't act like it? Was it, was it a church that, and an experience at that church that was, woo, and so now you're, you're what was it fastened to? Because I have never met someone that deconverted from Jesus. Whenever they walk away from faith, it's always something that had nothing to do with Jesus. It's amazing to me. See, God sent Jesus to stand with us so that we wouldn't wonder where we stood with him. Jesus brings unbelievable clarity to what God is like. He brings clarity to these other frames that we look through. Here's what I would love for you to do um, as the Christmas comes. I would love for you to sit down and read through the Gospel of Luke and take all of these frames of reference and set them aside and just look at Jesus. Would you do that before Christmas comes and just read the Gospel that way? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Thank you for loving us. Thank you for the clarity that, Jesus, you bring and showing us what the Father's like, showing us what God is like. And Jesus, thank you for coming and laying down your life for us. Thank you for being the way. Thank you for showing us what is true in a world that can't figure it out. Thank you for the life that you bring. And when we allow you to define life for us, it brings unbelievable joy, it brings unbelievable contentment, it brings unbelievable purpose, it brings unbelievable peace to our lives. So Jesus, help us to keep our eyes fixed on you, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We are excited to talk about that frame of reference like Pastor Eric was talking about. One thing that I that hit me was as a Christ follower that we can often, those frames of reference that he talked about still get messed up. And um, at the end when he talked about seeing um, the book of Luke through the eyes just seeing Jesus in it and not seeing it through the different frames of reference that um, we can get messed up. And we were reading um, some of the book of Luke with some kids at our house, and we were talking about Mary and Joseph and their journey, and I was sitting there with people that I thought, okay, how are they seeing this? And really trying to see Jesus and not just the normal Christmas story that we always mm -hmm. think about. But that is one thing that really hit me today is how can I see what God wants me to see about him and know about him without all the different mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. that I've 
put in the way of seeing him. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, just the different pains of glasses, um, that, you know, insecurity um, was a big one that I thought, like, a lot of people, you know, focus so much on self that it's hard to see, um, you know, what Christ has already done for you. And so a lot of times um, the insecurity of, will I be able to, like, overcome a sin addiction or insecurity of, like, how could God use me? And I really love how Eric put that God is, um, like, God has chose to be near to us, and we can't do anything to, to make God closer to us necessarily through our, you know, good deeds. Or some days we feel really insecure, and some days we feel better about our, you know, security. But God has placed himself near to us because of what Jesus did, not what, what like, we can do for him. So just focusing on that um, security that we have in Christ, regardless of whether I feel secure or insecure on a given day. So those are, that's maybe a takeaway for me. And he was talking about in John where um, after, you know, the disciples were nice and confused about how to follow Jesus. And um, then he came to, I am the way, the truth, and yeah, the life. No one right. comes to the Father but through me. And how, um, when Pastor Eric said that this was, it's equal to all of us. We all can come to the Father equally. Mm-hmm. It's not that some people are better and some people are that, I mean, it was just a new way. Again, it's just a way to see Jesus through his scripture and take away what we've been told maybe mm-hmm. or how culture or whatever it is has kind of gotten in the way. Yeah. Us out of focus. Hey, there's also in most people see this maybe in their email, but there's some good questions. And I was looking at some of those questions while the service was going on. Um, but there's five or six great questions to unpack with your small group or just as your family. Um, with your kids before you go into bed that, um, you know, provide some good follow-up discussion that I would definitely take advantage of. Yeah, and I just would encourage you to um, take some time, like Pastor Eric said, and look through the book of Luke and ask God, God, show me you in it and help me see through um, and past and just see you and not look through all the um, things that might get me out of focus. Mm -hmm. So, I encourage you to do that and maybe share with us what does God show you in the book of Luke um, Mm -hmm. this Christmas season. So have a happy Christmas, getting ready for Christmas, and hope you have a fabulous week. Merry Christmas.